Hello, welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. Today we will be talking about children's health, but before we get into that, I'd like to remind you to hit review and subscribe. Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Pro Pharma Talks. My name is Hernandez. Alongside me as always is Dr. Craig Stern. And today we will be talking about children. Today is World's Children's Day. So we're going to be talking about healthcare in children, I guess, right? Yeah. right? That's a way, yeah. way to put it. Yeah. I have small children, so I'm very interested in this topic. And um, I hope I'm doing the right things. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Doctor Stern, what in regards to healthcare, what what are some issues that come up with children? Yeah, I think uh, when everybody brought this to me, I think the fundamental thing we need to talk about are the kind of bread and butter fundamental issues, mm -hmm. rather than trying to deal with more uh, restrictive or or uh, those kind of things. I think or we'll, downer topics. You know, downer topics. We'll talk more about. <laughs> Uh, storage issues, safety issues, uh, destruction issues, how you, how you get rid of uh, uh, some of these medications, mm -hmm. safe administration stuff, clearly things to deal with poisoning, mm -hmm. and then maybe a few special cases. But I think the bread and butter stuff is probably the most important. Yeah, so when you usually get your medications, you're not thinking, you know, I need to put this, well, you should be. But anyways, <laughs> most people probably don't think I need to put this here and keep it away from my kid who might be opening this bottle or how dangerous it might be for that child. Yeah, yeah. I, I think storage is critically important. Right. And um, um, I have a, a young uh, granddaughter who's two. She gets into literally everything. Mm -hmm. um, my wife Normal. is kind of happy because she finds things that she didn't, she couldn't find. To be and fair, thirteen-year-olds get into everything too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but bottom line is one: keep it out of reach of children. These are medicines; they can easily become poisons mm -hmm. if taken in excess. Uh, so what you want to do is keep them out of reach of children, whether they can reach it, whether they can crawl to it, or otherwise. You need to keep it out of their way. Um, you also need to realize that there are a bunch of products that are not prescriptions that are also an issue. Mm -hmm. So all the over-the-counter kind of, of products, whether they're oral or whether they're creams or otherwise, like you aspirins, need to keep aspirins, Tylenol, all yeah. of that stuff. you got to keep it out of the way of children. Same thing is for prescriptions. And then, of course, uh, by law, uh, there is child-resistant packaging. Some people don't like it because it's harder to get the cap off of a bottle or something like that. But that's the but point. <laughs> bottom line is, is it is the point. You're yeah. absolutely right, Alex, is to keep it away from kids. So storage is a huge issue and has created an enormous number of problems with poisonings and otherwise. Mm -hmm. So you've got to make sure that these products are out of the way. And one side thing is uh, many people keep their medicines in a bathroom a bathroom in general is more, one of the more humid rooms in the in the house. It is better that you don't keep medicines in the bathroom. Wow, that's a big one. Uh, because yeah, that's normal. In yeah, the, in the mirror in your bathroom. Usually. Absolutely. Now yeah. you may take you may take it there to take it, but you don't want to keep it in the bathroom. People are showering. People are using hot water for one reason or another, uh -huh. and that leads to a lot of humidity. And especially if you have oral tablets, uh, that tends to create 
a breakdown of those tablets. Oh, wow. So what you want to do, if, if you can, is keep them out of the bathroom as much as possible. That is huge. I, I never would have thought that. Mm. Yeah, what about the, the safety concerns as well, like when your yeah. child needs to take medication? Yeah. The, the, the most important thing mm. is that you have to administer the drug because in the case of children, it's an adult administering it to a child. It's not the child taking it by themselves. I would hope. Um, uh, <laughs> because clearly they could yeah. take too much, too little. Mm. Um, drugs are not candy. So you need to address that. Um, and bottom line is you have to administer it as it's prescribed on the label. Now, frequently in these uh, medicines, there's a teaspoon, a tablespoon, or a little cup. Um, and on the cup, frequently they have uh, some measurement to identify that it's 15 mLs or 10 mLs or, right. or whatever. You have to read the label and give the the uh, prescription or the product exactly is labeled and the reason is is because for adults a little bit more a little bit less may be good or bad but in children a little bit more could be toxic uh, a little bit less could mean that they weren't getting an appropriate dose so that the condition won't resolve so it's very important that you administer it according to um, what the what the prescription is on the label mm -hmm. um, I've mentioned about dosing devices you need to use those understand how to use them if you don't know how to use them ask your pharmacist so they can explain to you how to do it it isn't just as easy as saying well I'm going to take a a, a teaspoon I'm going to have a level teaspoon or whatever teaspoons are different sizes um, the, the uh, uh, devices that come with medications are specific to the measuring of whatever the dose is. Right. Um, and then, which is very important, is um, if there are caregivers taking care of your children or babysitters, or even if they have to take the medicine to school, you must write out very clearly so everybody can understand exactly what the medicine is, what it's for, how to take it, or how yeah. to administer it, because everybody has to know about that and be on the same schedule uh, mm -hmm. to deal with it. And that's really, really important, especially if there is more than one uh, individual or more than one group that is taking care of your child at any given time, that right. they know exactly what has to be done. Clearly, if it's serious and uh, the uh, the child has a epilepsy or otherwise to make sure that they're getting it, mm -hmm. what the dose is. But it can be for anything. It can be for pain. It can be for any particular indication. You want to make sure that they're doing it exactly as the label exactly is right. Right. And by the way, many people get, uh, if they have it and kids have to take it to school or take it to some daycare or otherwise, when they get the prescription, they ask for a second bottle so that they can take whatever number of doses that's necessary, put it in the second bottle, and send that with the child so that that's appropriately labeled. And that's yeah. very common. We've recommended that for a long time. Oh, that, that is helpful. And now, with some of the flavors of this medication, are you sure it's not candy? <laughs> <laughs> one of the, all these flavors <laughs> really, really jump out at you. One of the, one of the arguments for medicine was to not make them taste good and underline not 
because you wanted people to understand it's not candy, it's not right. supposed to taste good, it's medicine, there's supposed to be a difference. However... You're supposed to not um, like taking medicine. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> many children looked at this and said, ugh, this is horrible, and so now they have all kinds of cherry and grape and all these other flavors that's mm -hmm. necessary. We need to make sure that everybody understands medicine is not candy, and um, you try and make sure that they take it appropriately, but um, uh, either way, you need to make sure that what they've done mm -hmm. is to make it very clear to them, this is not candy, you have to take it. It doesn't necessarily have to taste good yeah. in order for you to do it. If it tastes good, don't give more than, than, <laughs> than you should. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Treat it <laughs> like actual candy where you say, no, you can only have one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what well, and not only when you're taking it or trying to store it away, there also comes a point where you have to throw it away. Yes. So getting rid of these medications is also important. Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, it used to be that you would take medicine that had not been used and flush it down the toilet. That practice is no longer acceptable. It's no longer acceptable because that water or whatever you flushed goes out uh, into the water system, it goes out into the ocean, etc. It's That's not healthy yeah. for uh, animals, fish, and otherwise. Um, each of the major pharmacy chains, and probably most of the independents, have some sort of a receptacle in the pharmacy mm -hmm. that you can take your um, discontinued, termed uh, medicine that you didn't complete, uh, put it in a bag, take it, and drop it into these things they then send it off to the appropriate um, uh, companies that um, smash or, or destroy this as much as possible mm -hmm. so it doesn't go out into the system. So you need to be aware, go to all the appropriate chains or your appropriate independent pharmacy, find out what they've got to destroy and absolutely use that. It's very, very important. Some people recommend putting it all in a sealed bag like taking a baggie putting it in and sealing it. Mm -hmm. uh, some people have a lot of drugs that they've held on to for a long time. And others, in fact, kind of hold on to it thinking, well, it's an antibiotic. If I didn't finish it, then maybe I'll take it again the next time I have an infection or otherwise. If it's an We've antibiotic. We've talked about this in the past. Yes, we have. <laughs> if it's an antibiotic, you take it until it's all gone based on the prescription. Right. You don't have any left. If you have any left, you need to get rid of it. Pain medications especially opiate pain medications or controlled substances, you need to get rid of them at the time that you're sick. You don't hold on to them. If children get a hold of these, they can be very toxic. You can be involved in a poison situation. You need to make sure that people are protected. Before we get back to our show, I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about Pro Pharma's Medical Specialty Rebate Program. It provides fully transparent identification, analysis, submission, and collection of medical specialty utilization for payers and manufacturers. Pro Pharma analyzes the contracts between plans, employers, coalitions, and manufacturers to ensure complete knowledge of submissions and payments. For more information, please call 888-701-5438 or email us at info at propharmaconsultants.com to schedule your live demo and a one-on-one -on -one free 15-minute consultation. Now, back to your show. Now, 
Now, I, I want to expand on the the safety portion of it. Let's let's talk more about administering these drugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I've said already said, it's terribly important that we understand children don't take these medicines by mm -hmm. themselves. Um, adults uh, need to take them because they can read the label, find out information. And it's, so it's terribly important that the parents mm -hmm. or grandparents or whoever the people who are administering the drug, they've read the label, they understand, and if they don't understand, they either ask the pharmacist or they look it up, they do Google searches or whatever to make sure that they really understand what's going on. Because if you don't, it's very easy if the child is taking more than one drug to confuse the instructions for one with the instructions for the other. Mm -hmm. You may have difficulty where, a, where the child is taking two or three meds and you have to line them up, make sure that you understand what you're giving this one for, mm -hmm. the second one for, and the third one for, because especially if the kid doesn't like one of them or spits it up or otherwise, you need to know what the consequences are and, and what to handle it. M just brought up to us that there um, are issues, for example, in over-the-counter products, not just prescription medications. And many of the over-the-counter products, it happens in multivitamins, it happens in vitamin C, happens in a lot of these products where they're gummies or they're chewable. And so as a result of that, you think, well, hey, if it's chewable, I can walk around and I can just chew the vitamin C all day long or take I yummy can candy. take yummy candy and have gummies. Uh, multivitamins have um, uh, heavy metal minerals. If you overdo this, then the child is going to be subject to heavy man uh, metal mineral kind of problems with uh, high doses of iron, high doses of manganese, high doses of magnesium. Um, the magnesium, et cetera, are things that definitely influence the heart and other conditions. Right. Uh, iron, of course, is a singularly um, important issue with regard to the kidneys. So you need to make sure that whatever the dose is, is the dose. And it's not, well, if one is good, two is better, three is better. No, absolutely not. Right. This is an issue of if one is the dose, one is the dose. If two is the dose, then two is the dose, so we deal with it. Once again, and I emphasize it, it's not candy. And any of the over-the-counter products should be handled exactly the same way as prescription products uh, because, in effect, you can get into the same uh, problems with the uh, um, over-the-counter products that you can for prescription products. Yes, Flintstone vitamins are not candy. I found You've that tried out those. much later in life. I found that <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I'm at that so point. that's the reason. I'm going to have to talk to my parents about that. But, um, <laughs> but in the result of poisoning, you also have to know how to handle it as well. Right? You do. So. You do. And, and um, in general, no one can be an expert on poisoning um, that is a family member or parent or, or whatever. Um, there are poison control centers. They are all over the country. Mm -hmm. They're 24-7, 365. They're always available. The um, poison help number uh, is 1-800-222-1222. Let me emphasize again. It's 1-800-222-1222. Um, you need to put that by your phone. You need mm -hmm. to have it available if there's babysitters or... Um, 
or uh, you know some helpers, people that are addressing it, uh, grandparents and others outside the house. Everybody's got to have the poison number. Stick it because on the fridge. Stick it on the fridge. Yeah. Put it by the phone. Whatever. It's terribly important because there may be there may come a case. And you don't know exactly how to treat it, mm-hmm. um, but in in general you have it. Uh, many people have um, have advocated having a paragoric, uh, which is a class five agent, but available over the counter from any pharmacy, and keeping a bottle of that. What that does is it creates um, it, uh, the kid to vomit. So if they've ingested something and it's poison, uh, this allows them uh, to take it. They drink it. It's horrible. They vomit it, and in effect, they're dealing with it. However, there are certain things that they could take that could burn uh, the inside of their esophagus. Ow. And so as a result of that, you can't just use this as the standard for everything. Right. Um, uh, if they've ingested something, certainly uh, you want them to try and vomit it up, but you want to call the poison control center, find out what needs to be done, or uh, they will have you call paramedics or otherwise who will come and will uh, help you in order to try and get a positive response. It is critically important that everybody knows that number and everybody knows what to do about that number. Yeah, and we'll make sure that M puts up the number as well in the description. Right, M? Right. All right. So um, and let, let's get into some other special cases when it comes to childhood health. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a large... Um, population of children that are becoming obese. They are. It's they a, are. It's a bigger problem in, in our society. It is a bigger problem, and, and um, it's one thing to say, okay, he has a good appetite and he eats, or he doesn't have a good appetite mm-hmm. and you want him to eat. Um, the bottom line here is the following. There are multiple studies today that demonstrates that children who are obese as children become obese as adults and have all the same cardiovascular problems as adults mm-hmm. um, and if they had if their weight had been controlled as they were a child they would have had less of a risk of having these problems later so right. it's terribly important that if they're obese or they're getting obese that appropriate dieting appropriate control is necessary exercise exercise yeah. you just don't let them get into the candy bowl and eat to their heart's content you get as them much as exercise. you want to. <laughs> <laughs> or they don't see you doing it. <laughs> so they figure that it's safe and that they can do it. Right. Or they're unsupervised mm-hmm. and they get to wherever you keep foods or otherwise or things that, that uh, you don't want. Right. Bottom line is, is that this now has been studied and there are multiple studies about it. Fat children become fat adults. Fat adults have cardiovascular problems. We want to try and avoid that as much as possible. We go back to prevention, as we've talked about over and over and over. It is easier and less difficult to treat someone who um, has some control over their over their situation right. and prevent it before you have to treat it. I've, I live in a world where I have to treat all of these things or have treated all these things. Um, it is much easier to deal with preventing it than it is to treat it. As easy as it is to just go buy hamburgers every day. Yes. yes. And to see the smile on their face as they're eating their hamburger. I mean, limit it, you know? <laughs> Once a week, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, I see that problem, and it's very easy to just say yes to everything. But as a parent, you have to say no. You have well, to say no. Well, you're not... Um, 
This isn't a social club. As a yeah. parent, um, I know that everybody wants to be their best friend. I have grandchildren. I would like them to like me. But at the end of the day, I'm still their grandparent. Yeah. And so if they're doing something wrong, they have to hear about it. And they have to know mm-hmm. that that's wrong. As my, as my son is growing older, he's 12 now, I have to keep reminding him, look, I'm not your friend. <laughs> you know, don't come home, call me bro. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah, but there, there, are, there are several other childhood issues, meaning those that do go out and play oftentimes get injured. They do. Yeah, they so do. We, we got to – there's a way of handling that as well. Yeah, you know, uh, parents – Mm-hmm. grandparents because they want to be compassionate and deal with their with their grandchildren mm-hmm. um, they get hurt so immediately um, you know you want to go overboard and maybe that's absolutely necessary um, clearly you need to make a, a decision about it but most importantly if there's any injury to the head you need to have that checked out right exactly. if there's any injury to the eyes you need to have that checked out mm-hmm. um, if they feel or or the kid is crying because they were hurt or otherwise you need to try and check and see if there's any protrusions or otherwise that they've broken something probably depending on what the circumstances are you'll take them to the doctor and the doctor will do x-rays or will check it out and deal with it bottom line um, is to add on to that my son who's in football they have this uh, this app on your phone where if he gets a head injury, they have concussion tests right there on your phone. Yes. And it's helpful, yeah. I mean, just for you at home to know that there are even apps on your smartphone available to run concussion tests if you feel your child um, may have been hit in the head. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I had it with my kids. The school nurse would call me, and I'd say, okay, here's what I want to know and do this particular test so mm-hmm. that I know that – um, the kid is okay or not okay. Right. Um, I was called once. Uh, my son, had, there was a tree, I guess, in the playground, and my son had climbed the tree and fallen from the tree, and the nurse called me, and she said he climbed a tree. I said, well, number one, he's a boy, yeah. and you have a tree, so <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a natural connection here. <laughs> but, yes, now let's deal with the fact of whether he was hurt or not. Yeah. Exactly. And I had one of my sons played football as well, Mm-hmm. He was at the bottom of the pile. Um, he thought he had broken his leg. The trainer told him he had broken his leg, and he called me, and I, um, I, I, I took a look, and I said, you haven't broken anything, but we went, got an X-ray. <laughs> he was uh, a piece of big guy, <laughs> <laughs> and he was afraid of all the screaming that was going on by some people getting uh-huh. X-rays who had really been hurt exactly. in some accidents. Uh, he wanted to get out of there, and of course, his mother was <laughs> he not happy. He got up happy. and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His mother was not happy that he had made a big deal, but yeah. either way, he was okay. So, <laughs> so in in short, kids have a flair for the dramatic sometimes. They do, and pain management, of course, right. is important. If they're small kids, um, then uh, probably they're going to be given Tylenol liquid, mm-hmm. that red cherry flavored liquid. Uh, it's terribly important you give them um, uh, what we know is 10 milligrams per kilo, and uh, there's conversions. So you can take kilograms to uh, pounds and mm-hmm. give them the right uh, dose. But it's terribly it's important. It's usually you right it there on the box or the bottle, just if your child is between the ages of this and this. 
and they kind of yeah. round up the dose yeah. so that it doesn't make it too hard to figure out what the dose is. They're not mm -hmm. doubling the dose, of but they course. may round it off so that um, you can make it more easy to follow. Mm -hmm. And that's important. And pain medication uh, works if, if, if it's really severe pain, um, that they have to take it on a scheduled basis, usually um, every four hours for a day or two. Right. Um, doesn't get anybody hooked or otherwise it's, it's not uh, opiates, but it's terribly important that they have it because one one uh, pain uh, treatment may help at that specific time, but not hold it for a long time. Right. So you have to deal with this usually every four to six hours for a day or two. And then if there's still pain, then clearly it needs to be evaluated. But right. if um, typically it will run the course of the pain and that will take care of it. Right. Well, here, the the next one is the true pain to every parent. <laughs> and that's uh, when your child comes home from school and they've been told they got white bugs in their hair. <laughs> you know, lice yeah. is lice. the real true pain of every parent. Yeah. When um, you sit there six hours combing with the small comb. And with my daughter, it's a lot longer. <laughs> 12 hours. But it takes forever. <laughs> I hate lice. <laughs> Well, the, <laughs> the important thing about lice, and it's horrible for parents. Yes, <laughs> the kids. That's why they, the they actually have horrible. a store now. They have a, they have like this shop where you can go in, and someone else will deal with the pain <laughs> of lice. And I think it's helpful. I think it's helpful. Um, I hated it with my kids. Yeah, uh, they'd yell and scream. They'd yell and scream not because the lice were bothering them at the time. They'd yell and scream because, because of we're the little, bothering them. because of the comb that you're yeah. doing to try and get these things out, which yeah. is horrible. And it's easy to get. Obviously, they share hats with with a kid or they share something. What's terribly important with lice, and they say it, but you can't dismiss it. And that is one: you have to get the lice out of the hair. You have to use the appropriate shampoo. Mm -hmm. But most importantly. You have to get the linens on their bed, the mm. clothes that they have. Those have got to be put in the washer. They have to be washed um, and appropriately cleaned before they ever lay down on it again. Because if you get rid of the lice in the hair and then they lay back on it on the, um, on the linens in their yeah. bed or their clothes, then it's very easy for them to get it all again. So um, you need to look at this in the broad perspective and understand there's no easy way out of lice. You have to deal with your child who's screaming and get it out of their hair. You need to take care of their clothes. You need to take care of their, of their linens, towels, whatever else that they have on them. And if you're my uh, wife, you're washing everything in the house. <laughs> everything goes. <laughs> <laughs> there may be some benefit to that depending on where the on where the kids have been but it right. um, this is a horror to the parents um, or grandparents or whomever <laughs> as well as the kids it's not a happy time <laughs> no but it, it is as you said it's very easy to get and very hard to get rid of and very treatable <laughs> it's yeah. very treatable yes. this is not a case where you cannot uh, cure it you can cure it but you don't just cure it by giving somebody a shampoo and that's it and it's over. No, that's not it. You've got to deal with the towels, the linens, the clothes, the hats, mm -hmm. everything. I'm getting itchy just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, any, any other horror, story, horror stories you want to share with there us? There are way too many. And I think the whole point of what we're talking about is the bread and butter. 
just to make sure that everybody understands. One, about storage, keep it away from children. Safety, give it just the way it's prescribed and remember that over-the-counter products are just as serious as prescription products. Mm -hmm. Destruction, take it to a pharmacy and have it destroyed. Um, make sure that you really understand the medication, what it's for and how to use it, and then have the poison control number um, near your phone and on your refrigerator, 1-800-222-1222. That needs to be around for everybody so that everybody knows how to deal with any potential poisoning. Yes. And um, don't get lice. <laughs> That's very important. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dr. Stern. And um, that's it for today. We would like to remind you to go to ProPharmaConsultants.com. We have a free information page called RxInfoX. Also, um, there are various articles in that page. We have Pharmacy Benefit News, which is uh, written by Dr. Stern himself. There are many, 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 many a topic there for you to look through and get educated on various healthcare topics. And um, we like to remind you to review and subscribe. And as always, see you next week.